0: hello to all the listeners out there thank you for tuning in yet again to what's the tease for today's episode we welcome to the what's the tease stage mia the mvp thank you for joining me today mia
1: thank you for having me
0: So, Mia, as a South Bronx native, you work in the fields of visual art, fashion, and performance. Does being from this part of New York City have any influence on the work that you produce in these artistic exploits?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, I believe I get influences from everything around me. Um, I haven't lived in the South Bronx for a long time, mm-hmm. but that's where I spent all of my childhood. Um, I grew up near Grand Concourse, which is uh, modeled on the Champs-Élysées.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was a very beautiful area. Um, I used to spend a lot of time in the, near the courthouse that's over there. It's very big. It was built in the 30s. Um, it used to have a lot of beautiful artwork inside,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's it's a very interesting area, there's a lot of culture in the Bronx, mm-hmm. so I believe that has a lot to do with who I am. Okay,
0: awesome. So let's get to your performance exploits. Back in 2010, In the rehearsal spaces of your Alma Mater CCNY, you formed the theatrical burlesque troupe, The Witching Hour Burlesque. So I'm interested in how you interpreted the art form, having at this stage not yet seen a burlesque show.
1: What I knew of burlesque was the movie Gypsy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of the internet, there are pictures of old Hollywood Uh, performers and burlesque images on the internet not necessarily lots of video Mm -hmm. back then. Um, I was in the theater department at City College Mm -hmm. and while I was there I met a bunch of people who were also interested in burlesque and part of our theater company I started this little troupe. At that time I was uh, interested in like choreographing for everyone and coming up with the concepts for burlesque. Mm-hmm. And after I did our first show, I started to find burlesque performers that had that were more established and would invite them to come and perform with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that way, I like got my foot in the door.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I learned from them, and I saw like what it what it is for real.
0: Mm-hmm. Only after sort of starting this burlesque troupe did you then like venture out to some of the institutions of burlesque in New York City, like the Slipper Room. And you had heard about, of course, the New York School of Burlesque. But something stopped you from pursuing going down those avenues in terms of your exploration of the art form. So how was your sort of understanding of the art form bolstered by not necessarily engaging in the community as it was at that time.
1: You know, I think that it came natural to me. Mm -hmm. I think that burlesque was very natural to me. I've always been an intuitive dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always loved glamor and story and I have never been the kind of person that looked for things like mentors or Mm. like establishments that tell me what something should be. Not saying that that's what that is. Yes, yes. But it's just not natural for me to go to a school Mm -hmm. to learn how to do something (laughs) that I wanna do. I like to just play around first. That your body is also feels. like
0: intrinsically telling you yes. what it
1: is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I think also theater, I was in a play. This is, has a lot to do with it as well. I was in a play uh, called Closer. Mm-hmm. And the character that I played was a stripper. Mm-hmm. But the director wanted my stripping to be more like a burlesque act. Mm hmm. So I ended up intuitively choreographing a burlesque act. Mm -hmm. And that was the act that, you know, I think that that was the beginning Mm -hmm. of this for me, for real.
0: Yeah, you know, because often I find that, you know, when people come across the term burlesque, everybody kind of has a general idea of what it is so when you actually went to a burlesque show for the first time were you surprised by any aspects of it was it like in any way different to what that picture and that understanding you had previously
1: had in your head i noticed that there i think i think the first burlesque show i went to was uh, kitty nights Oh, okay. hold on a second. Do you hear the sirens? I love it. It's all New York City, isn't it? It's New York City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kitty Nights, which was a show by this amazing performance artist, burlesque performer, Femme Peel. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that her, her work was more, it was interesting. It was funny. Um, it was very, like, avant-garde.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there was classic stuff in the show like the costume and the glamour and i always felt like i wanted to be somewhere in between that i like a story mm-hmm. but i also love glamour as i mentioned before it was at
0: the ccny rehearsal spaces where you created this troupe but it was also the time and space where your burlesque persona delicia Lechat, was was created So what were the character traits of Delicia that garnered her the stage moniker, the feline fatale of burlesque?
1: Well, I have always felt a strong connection to cats. Mm -hmm. My whole life. Um, The name Delicia came from a book called Mrs. Pettigrew Lives for a Day. And the main character in the book is Delicia LaFosse, mm-hmm. and she's this movie star, she's doing very well, but come to find out, she, Delicia LaFosse is someone she made up, it's not even her real name, it's it's a persona, mm-hmm. and at the time that I was starting this burlesque troupe, um, while I was at uh, City College, um, I, I had already Graduated, but I, luckily they still allowed us to use the rooms in the theater department. Mm-hmm. I was in grad school at Sarah Lawrence studying mm-hmm. early childhood education, so burlesque was like a secret, and I wanted this alternate <laughs> persona <laughs> to protect myself. And also something that felt really good when I said it, like Delicia. Mm. I felt like that just felt really good to say that name. Mm-hmm. So slinky, elegant, cat-like, mm-hmm. delicious.
0: <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I don't know if I said that or if I, if I said that correctly or if I butchered it, but is it Le Chat? Le Chante, yes. Le Carte. Le Chate. <laughs> I don't parle-view the French so well, so.
1: You said it beautifully. <laughs> okay, wicked.
0: As long as I didn't do a disservice to the original stage name. So I think it was at the time when you were at Sarah Lawrence, actually, when you kind of came across a poster for the Brown Girls burlesque show. Yes. You attended the show. And I'm just wondering, what was significant about attending this show, which led to you producing and choreographing your first, as you say, professional burlesque show, Dark Heroine?
1: Yes. um, Brown Girls Burlesque was very important to me because at the time when I was looking up established burlesque performers, most of them were white, Mm -hmm. except for... Miss Calamity Chang mm-hmm. who was also producing a lot in New York mm-hmm. um, this, I, there also isn't a lot of Asian burlesque performers so I saw her um, when I found out about Brown Girls Burlesque and I also found that their work was very political
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was beautiful and political and there were like different body types, different skin tones, it was just it really it made me feel like I belonged, like I was doing the right thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, dark heroine um, was because I was looking for black superheroes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I started to look at superheroes that were like um, Storm. Storm mm-hmm. is considered a black superhero, uh, even though she does not look. She's black, but she's got this white hair, and she's like ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Catwoman and Eartha Kitt. Not a superhero. She's a villain. But I, one of the first acts I created for myself was a Catwoman act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I added a storyline in it and put the show together. I think the first one was in Times Square. It was in some little theater room. And then we moved on to the triad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who was your favorite Catwoman portrayed by?
1: Oh, it is Eartha Mm Kitt and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) She did a fantastic job. Oh, my god. I think about that performance all the time. You know,
0: I feel so much yummier. Come on. That (laughs) phrase will live in my head forever, rent free. How would you describe the style of burlesque? I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but how would you describe the style of burlesque that you present on stage?
1: Ooh, uh, slinky, evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. ethereal, glamorous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> when the you created dark heroine you were looking for a black superhero female, right? Yes. Um, so are you into cosplay at all and does that kind of make its way besides the Catwoman performance, have you found that's somehow making its way into your ballet performances?
1: You know, I can't say I'm completely interested in cosplay. Mm -hmm. I I love the idea of costumes and I love the idea of like regular people with their alter egos. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the reasons that I was most interested in doing a show about superheroes in terms of myself you know, being a kindergarten teacher by day when I started doing burlesque Mm. and a burlesque performer by night. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of like being a superhero. Yeah,
0: that certainly does work. If there was an algorithm for superheroes, that's how they all kind of come to, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Yes. So as Delicia Lachat, you were and are a featured uh, dancer and choreographer for theater company, Speak Easy Dollhouse. It is here where you performed your critically acclaimed tribute to Josephine Baker in Midnight Frolic. So Josephine Baker obviously has inspired several performers of color in the burlesque world. So what about this enigmatic uh, persona resonated for you?
1: The first thing that's going to be very superficial is that I look like her, mm-hmm. and it's something that I didn't even notice until I cut my hair. I used to have really, really long locks, mm-hmm. and it was one of my trademarks, because there weren't a lot of burlesque performers with locks anyway. Mm-hmm. And my husband had given me the book written by her son. Mm-hmm. which is a biography called Hungry Heart, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean-Claude wrote this book about his mother. And he gave it to me, and he's like, you remind me of her. But I couldn't see it. Then I, one day I decided I was going to cut my hair off. I wanted a change. And it was around the same time that Cynthia von Boer was creating Midnight Frolic. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want you to be Josephine Baker. You look like Josephine Baker. Mm -hmm. And I looked at myself and I saw it. And it was strange to me that I had never noticed it before. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be something to that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, my fascination with Paris. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, she's close to my heart. Okay.
0: I mean, like, that's quite something but i think people have such a connection with their hair you know it tells it's almost like a story of time and to make that decision to cut it all off and completely immerse yourself in this role for josephine baker how did you feel once you made that decision to cut off your hair and then you did see that image of yourself like what of Josephine Baker do you think came out of you that perhaps you were surprised by and may have been actually ignited by this thing of actually cutting off your hair?
1: Well, the thing about my hair is that I had, had long locks ever since I was in high school. And when you have my hair, I think my hair was like two pounds. Mm-hmm. It wow. makes you move different. You carry yourself differently. I used my hair a lot while I was dancing. Mm -hmm. And once I cut my hair, I I felt freer. Mm -hmm. So I think that it made my dancing different. Mm -hmm. I think it made me a little more free in my body by having short hair.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Didn't think of it in such a practical sense. (laughs) (laughs) You can be found regularly performing with Prohibition Productions um, at establishments like Bathtub Gin and Dwayne Park, just to name a few, as Mia, the MVP. What transpired and led to the name Evolution?
1: Well, I my name is Mia Victoria Prizer. Mm-hmm. And during lockdown, I had I had a moment where I thought that I wasn't going to perform burlesque anymore. Hmm. I thought that nothing was going to happen again and that we were all going to die. Sorry for being dramatic. (laughs) We're all going to die. I'm going to delete this page. This is frivolous. Like I, all of these things were going through my head. Like this is not important. Like almost like me, like I'm not important anymore as a performer. Like this is frivolous. And I, the first time I ever felt funny about the name Delicia LaShot was when I was in the Times, Mm -hmm. and there was this big picture of me, and it said, excellent, Delicia LaShot, and I thought, well, who is that? Like, what about me? Mm -hmm. And so, during the lockdown, I deleted my Delicia page, I deleted everything that had to do with her, and I spent more time. Getting back into my drawing and my painting Mm -hmm. and, like, my spiritual practices. And then one day I started dancing with feather fans again. Mm -hmm. And practicing with feather fans in the house. And I said, you know what? I think I want to do this again, but I want to use my name. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how do I use Mia Victoria Prizer without calling myself Mia Victoria Prizer? It's like, all right. Mia, the MVP. Wow, that's pretty cool.
0: It just so happens that your married surname just plays into that so perfectly, <laughs> hey? How, how very nice for you. <laughs> uh, not only are you an in-demand burlesque artist and performer, you're also the CEO of your New York City-based accessory line, Le Chat's Meow. How has life after COVID served you when examining your relationship to performing and then running your own business?
1: Well, I mean, lockdown—it hit us hard. It hit me mm-hmm. meow hard. Um, I started to morph my bag line. I, like I sold out of all mm-hmm. the bags, and I wasn't able famous hot bags. The famous giant hard bags. Yeah. <laughs> I sold them all um which i was very proud of mm-hmm. and i you know it was a it was a lot it was a lot more than i thought it was going to be like running a bag line mm-hmm. trying to perform making art um i'm still learning a lot on the business end of that uh i started to do t-shirts with my artwork on them mm-hmm um, just to have like, once the bags were sold out, just to have another thing that like kept, cause people wanted them. People wanted something, um, just to kind of keep the chats meow alive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like it's all connected. And my, my next goal is an art show, burlesque show. Okay. And the bags will come back.
0: Okay. I mean, you've also had a healthy interest in fashion, and at some stage you were also exploring possibly doing a range of clothing. Is that still on the cards?
1: Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Hats, gloves, just accessories, things that, like, things that I want myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the heart bag is great also because it was it's an everyday bag. hmm if something can't just be cute to me. It also has to be useful. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, just like when you said now that you, you're you interested in making cl- the kind of clothing that you like. I often find that um, for myself, I'm also very quite particular. And I think it's because of, I suppose, when people look at me, there's a bit of gender ambiguity for them. Um, mm-hmm. But my um, expression and interpretation of that is a little bit maybe different to you know, that very surface level perception. So I often do sometimes find it to be a bit of a struggle in in purchasing clothing in the stores, you know, that's available, that's fashionable right now or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you not finding in stores that you believe your line can kind of service people with?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not sure how, what life was like uh, where you are right now, mm-hmm. but I was walking a lot more
2: mm-hmm.
1: after COVID, and I was always looking for a bag that I could walk long distances in mm-hmm. with that also looked cute and chic. Um, uh, my everyday wear had become like more functional and cute at the same time Mm -hmm. and like I've always liked things that were like quirky or even funny Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know like a simple black dress with a bag with a cat face on it or like (laughs) you know teddy bear earrings or you know my friend is, is making these right now this is a take my word nola she made these earrings that were like look like stuffed animals i love stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) okay quirky quirky Uh fun useful something that makes you smile on a daily basis
0: that's pretty awesome So, what projects do you have coming up that you'd like us to pay particular attention to in your work as a visual artist, a fashion designer, and a burlesque performing
1: artist? Well, for the visual arts, I am going to have prints made. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of artwork here that I haven't even shown to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna start putting the prints up for sale. I'm looking to do an art show. Um, more recently, I a lot of my time has been with the company XIV, yes, which is a burlesque dance troupe, and their new show is Cocktail Magique, mm-hmm. and it opens for previews on September 16th. I've been working now with them now for two months, rehearsings every just. Every week. Cool. Um, It's very, very beautiful. Uh, It's a lot more structure than I'm used to, Mm -hmm. which is good for me because it was something that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, I am performing regularly at Bathtub Gin every now and then at Dwayne Park, which Mm -hmm. is like my home. Um, But this is this show is very different because it's it's like a play yeah it's like a play it's an immersive burlesque show magic show with specialty cocktails that are like fantastic i don't know if you saw the promo
0: i've been so interested by this company for ages because i wouldn't call it a a a troupe, so to say it literally is like a professional burlesque company um mm-hmm. producing quite large-scale performances and i'm just very interested by the spaces that they take up and um yes like because there's a how many cast members are there for instance in a show Ooh, uh
1: the other show the seven deadly sin show that he's doing i think there's at least fifty people don't quote me on that no but i mean
0: when when i see the images (laughs) (laughs) of it it's a lot of people on the stage you know that's a big cost and i mean like does it also work where people have so it's not only group numbers but is there also like uh solo uh numbers that happen within the show
1: yes uh i have some solos in the new show it's a brand new venue um He had one venue, this is Austin McCormick, he's this creative genius, he's from the dance world, Uh, the venue, like when you come in, there's a scent, Um, there's merchandise, there's things to buy, like even the bathroom is beautiful, everywhere Mm -hmm. you look, it's like you can, it's like art, Mm -hmm. Um, art, glamour, and the new space is very similar, but it's more focused on magic and cocktails so I have two very big numbers in the show and the cast is also like part of it like they're people who help move things and they're people who help bring things out we're all like in a scene together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really innovative and special and I'm happy that I got to be in it That sounds super fantastic.
0: And tell me more about like, where are you in this burlesque art show that you are wanting to produce?
1: Like at what stage are
0: we in the planning of this?
1: In the very early stages, since most of my time is focused on the XIV show. Mm, The rehearsing there. Yeah. Rehearsing and like my time and my focus. Like when I'm making art, it is, my main focus Mm -hmm. i i'm very i hyper focus on things Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i am learning how to like delegate things for myself i have so many interests that i have to organize like the timeline of things so once this show opens and is and is up and running Mm -hmm. once xiv show is open i am going to start to release uh the art prints Mm-hmm. And then I'll be, I'll be able to find out what my life feels like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in order to start to produce my show. This XIV show is going to be running Thursdays to Sundays. Okay. So I'm learning how to. I'm going to learn how to figure out <laughs> where I am, what kind of person I'll be once the show opens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Well, in order for us to keep up with all that you got going on, where would you like
1: us to follow and support the work that you do? Uh, Mia VP Art.: mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> my Instagram page.: And also your website is catcult.com. Cs Cat and cult. Ah.com Yes) <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just want to thank you, Mia, the MVP. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah,
0: for gracing the What's the Tea stage today. It's been my absolute pleasure to share your artistry with the world.
1: Thank you. I hope to see you in the real world.